There we go. Can you hear me? Yep. You hear me just fine? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you okay. It's I don't it's it's still not perfect, but I can hear you. Does it sound like the staticky stuff you were talking about before? No, I'm not hearing the staticky stuff right now. Just it sounds a little muffled or something though. Um, muffled? Yeah. But that ain't right. I don't know. It's it's all right. It's not bad. I can I can hear you fine. Well, hold on. What about now? We talk some more. What I found out now? I think that is better. All right. What'd you do different? I switched back over to the phone. Okay, well, hold on. It just broke you know, up a little bit just then. What I found out now? Okay, yeah, yeah, okay, right now it sounds good. Okay, well, we'll stay like this then. Okay, do you you have a good, uh, you got a um, good Wi-Fi connection right now? I have a good connection, yeah. Okay, cool. You have a good connection? Yeah, you know, I think so. Phone and all. Since you got the iPhone. Yeah, that's right, man. I I ain't got nothing to worry about with my iPhone here. My iPhone will do what it needs to do. <laughs> It'll get the job done. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's get our moment of silence, and then we get the introduction, and then we can get going. All right. Well, all right, people, we're back. Classroom 21. We've been yeah, going we for a while. Um, Just take a little break, a little hiatus. Yeah, a little hiatus. <laughs> uh, several months of a hiatus. But we have not just been idly sitting by. We did set up a TikTok. Uh, I encourage you to want to go check out our TikTok, and we'll try to give out all the information like we do always do at the end of it, um, and how to reach us and everything else. It's still just me and Ken, in case y'all forgot. Mm -hmm. Yep. We were grad students. Now we are graduate master's level <laughs> uh, graduates. <laughs> <laughs> Felt like that day would never come. <laughs> yeah. So if, you're, if you are listening to this right now and you are in grad school and it feels like you'll never get there, just, just hang in there. You'll make it. <laughs> it's, it's rough. I tell you, I think grad school dang near killed me, but uh, you just got to keep on pushing, just like yeah. anything else in life, really. Yeah, that is a mouthful. Then, like anything in life, keep pushing. So, but I'm happy to be have graduated. We graduated, I believe, last year. Uh, right toward when the pandemic was somewhat trying to lift up as far as students and stuff was concerned. So. We were able to have an in-person graduation, which uh, that was always nice. Oh, yeah. Um, short, sweet, to the point, but it was in-person. Um, and somewhere along the way, we probably will share some photos or something along down the line. But um, right now, uh, we're just going to talk about it. Um, I would like to say, um, 
I appreciate everybody that listened to our podcast while we were in grad school. And I do appreciate people who still listen today. I know it's probably not a ton of people out there, but I do. I have seen where we have some clicks on the uh, Anchor uh, app. Uh, I've seen sometimes when I pull the podcast up on different platforms that it people still click through. That's a cool thing to see. Um, oh yeah, definitely. Because uh, we know there's there's a billion different podcasts out there now that you could listen to. So if you're listening to us, we we do appreciate it. We hope we can provide something of some value. Yes, every time. So uh, we are still looking for people to help us and join us uh, on the uh, podcast. So if you're out there, you're listening, you feel like you can contribute. Uh, we do have it's a social work podcast. Uh, so we do tend to talk about social work and things that affect uh, society uh, most often. However, there's sometimes when we do deviate to some other areas, but if you feel like you want to jump on, you're more than welcome to come on and jump on. Uh, and we will try to dissect whatever it is you got in your brain. And uh, hopefully along the way, we all learn something from each other. That's the whole That's right. objective here is to teach something so we all can learn something. Um, so with that being said, I go back and reintroduce myself, Antonio Clyde here. Uh, like I said before, graduate. <laughs> so, uh, I have, uh, been hanging around social work for the last maybe 15 years of my life. So I feel like I can contribute pretty, uh, uh, wholly to any conversation that we have. Um, I do have Facebook pages and things of that nature, but like I said, we'll get the information out toward the end. Um, and that's just a brief summary of me. If you look at Slips to some of the other podcasts, you can probably know like who we are and what we uh, stand for. So, um, I don't know if Ken want to reintroduce himself. Sure, I'll uh, make make a quick introduction. Yeah, my name's Ken O'Bara, uh, LMSW. I am uh, also a you know recent graduate of uh, the MSW program. Um, I'm not a, uh, doesn't have the. Uh, I don't have the experience in social work that uh, Antonio has. I think he said you've been in about 15 years. Uh, I am actually fairly new to uh, the social work field. I, uh, I returned to school and uh, was interested in psychology. I actually got my bachelor's degree in psychology and uh, pursued uh, after a conversation um, with someone, uh, a, uh, an advisor, um, I was I was actually knew very little about the social work field. And uh, so we, well, I had a conversation with uh, this individual about uh, some of my strengths and weaknesses and things I'm passionate about. And uh, she said, I feel like social work would be a good fit for you. And uh, the first thing that came to my mind is, you know, those folks that come and take people's kids away from them. I, I was like, ah, no, I'm not interested in that. And she kind of chuckled and said, I have a feeling there's a lot more to this than you might know about. So she educated me on um, some of the many, many, many jobs that fall under the umbrella of uh, you know, social work. And um, I was uh, very impressed. And so, yeah, I ended up uh, applying to a social work program for, for grad school. And uh, now here I am. All right. Well, Ken, that's probably why we don't always agree on everything. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Oh, there's probably lots of reasons why we don't agree on everything. But like you said a minute ago, Antonio, I really I feel like the reason that we do this is because it's all about listening to other people's perspectives. And that's something that I think you and I uh, found out early on in our program and with our cohort we went through we uh that we disagreed on a lot of things but we could have really good conversations and uh you know i know there's when we had our our on-campus classes you know we would often stay after and we we talk for an hour or two after after class about something that was discussed and and um even though we disagreed we were able to have really really good conversations and uh really um, able to express our viewpoint and try to see the other's uh, point of view as well. And I feel like that's what makes uh, our dynamic pretty good. It's what it's all about. You know, if we, it's easy to talk to people that you agree with, but uh, it's a little mm -hmm. bit more challenging sometimes to, to talk to people when you disagree about, about something, about a specific issue or a uh, subject. And, uh, but that's how we learn. That's how we uh, understand other people and how we grow. You're right. So, um, thing I said a mouthful of that is easy to talk to somebody that you get along with, <laughs> you know. So or did or agree know. with? I say because I mean, yeah, because we get along, right? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, you can disagree and still get along. I think that's the key. Yeah, it's easy to have a conversation with people like that, you know. So um, I think today, though, today we're discussing the Russia Ukraine war conflict. I don't really know what you want to call it. Uh, I'm not yeah. really getting to the standpoint of why Russia attacked Ukraine. Um, not so much concerned with why he felt the need to attack Ukraine. I'm pretty sure there's history there. Uh, I'm quite sure there is a reason or a concept as to why Russia decided to attack Ukraine. Um, my concern with the whole thing was the humanitarian side to it. Mm. I think we all can agree war is is not, it don't really sit well with society. Even back, even in the biblical times when people went to war, you know, um, I, I guess back then they called them the, the Crusades, whatever you want to call it. But either way, the point is, there's always a humanitarian side to where people just say they just, you know, can't see why certain things happen. And mm -hmm. following the conflict with the news, I think I was kind of okay with, you know, him doing the, in, the invading because I know, you know, countries outside of the U.S. and Canada and uh, Mexico, you know, they invade each other a lot. Uh, we don't live in a country necessarily where we worry about invasions from Canada from Mexico but other countries do yeah we are very fortunate definitely if you live anywhere on the North American continent you are definitely fortunate I feel like as far as in that regard there's a very very little military conflict on our on our own soil and so yeah that's yeah. something that we we don't have to live in that fear necessarily the constant fear that many other people around the world do exactly but my issue with um, the whole thing, I guess it must have came somewhere around maybe day three. I don't know, day three or four was when he attacked uh, or he bombed the children's hospital. And then it wasn't necessarily that you did it by mistake. Let's say even if you say you done it by mistake the first time, 
<clears throat> you get your intelligence. Your soldiers on the ground, they say, hey, this was a hospital. Not, not, not necessarily like a regular hospital. This is a children's hospital. So you get your intelligence, they send it back, and then you do it again. And then mm -hmm. it's not only that you do one children's hospital, I think in all there was probably four. <clears throat> four children's hospitals specifically targeted and bombed. And then one in particular was a hospital that uh, treated kids with cancer or some form of disability or child illness or something. I equated that to like the, uh, the St. John's uh, uh, hospital or the, the uh, yeah. Shrine. Wilson you know, Children's Hospital in Jacksonville or something like that. Yeah, you know, so, you know, I yeah, equated to something like that, you know, that to me, I felt was the the worst thing. I mean, come on, you, I mean, apartment buildings, you know, initially when uh, they said they was evacuated, I felt like some of the first few rounds of this bombs went into some uh, vacant apartment places. Uh, wasn't a lot of people that was like being, but what they didn't show, well, you know, so I feel like some of the first rounds of it was that some of the buildings might have been vacant. But when you yeah. moved on into the country and then you see where, you know, people on the side of the street trying to vacate, you bombing them. Yeah. And then the, the children's hospital, I, that bothered me absolutely the most, you know, um, which was the children's hospital bothered me the most. So here's my, here's my, 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 my thing. Here's my thing about it. Okay, what's your what's your thing about it? When we start wars, anybody start a war, whatever country, should we take into account the human toll that this war has on the society that's not a part of the military function? So you know, school teachers, uh, doctors, and things of that nature. Um, Military is there to hold resistance. So they, their mm -hmm. human function is a little bit different because they're there to actually fight against whatever the uh, oppression may be. But should we take into account, should any leader take into account the human toll in any war? Should they take into account of any of that? Should that be a focus for any leader, not the military strategy, but should that be the focus of any leader? I want to invade some other country. Do I really have to care about the people that is actually in that particular country? Do I have to care? I think that's the question. I say, Yes. I feel like you should have to care for the human toll that this invasion would have on this particular country. Um, I think back to all some of the other wars that we've had. Um, Vietnam, which they technically said was in a war. Uh, the Desert Storm, which uh, we, I think we stayed over there for 20 some plus years and um, back, you know, when they World War One and Two, plenty other severe. These are severe conflicts 
that I'm thinking about now. There have been other little battles in between that time, but uh, some of the most severe things. And when you go back and look at how some of these things started, you know, especially with, you know, if you go back with some of the uh, things that Hitler did, you know, he, he started attacking people, you know, uh, which drew national attention. Saddam Hussein did the same thing. He started attacking the people. You know, along the way, Middle East had a lot of people invading each other, but he started attacking the people. What do the people got to do with your military conflict? I just always wondered about that. Even when we had 9-11, you know, they attacked the government building, but those are people. What do the people got to do with that? What do you think? Ken. Again. All right, all right. We're back. Uh, a little bit of technical difficulty, but um, okay, can go back and elaborate what you were saying about your um, okay, your... so so yeah, you were talking about about Russia and Ukraine and how you know Russia has bombed the children's hospital and and you know just a single time where they've done that, they've they've targeted civilians more than once, and uh, so yeah, I said it reminded me of the quote, and I quote, I, I attributed it to General Patton, and I might be wrong, so if anybody's listening to this and I'm wrong, just just correct me, but. The, the simple phrase, war is hell, because war is hell. War is one of the worst possible things that can be experienced in this life um, because it affects so many people. It affects innocent people that have nothing to do with the conflict. You know, there's hardly ever a situation where innocent people don't suffer and die in times of war. And be it's because a lot of this is because of the way that when when nations take an ethical stand to make a concerted effort to not harm innocent people. 
it kind of puts them at a disadvantage. And uh, so with Russia, obviously, they at this point seem to have no problem with harming, you know, children, innocent people. Uh, but if they do, it kind of puts them at a disadvantage. And it reminds me of the story of uh, my uncle who used to be the commander of the Army Special Forces, uh, the Green Berets. And he's had he's been involved in lots of military conflicts. And uh, one of them was over he was over in Iraq during the the Iraq War um, when Bush was president. And he was leading a very small group in to do some uh, um, some surveillance um, and they they were outside of the village and they were they were hiding and there was this little kid that came running up and they I don't know what he was doing. Um, but anyway, there's a, a little child that saw him. And when he saw him, his eyes got wide. And he took off running. And at that moment, they were faced with an ethical dilemma because they were like, OK, if right now our position has been given up and if we if we're far enough outside of the village, we could shoot this kid right now and stop the problem and we could continue with what we're doing and you know be, be able to continue our mission just fine however you know my uncle was very very strict on that it's like dude we're not here to kill children that's not what we do so they let the kid go knowing that he was going to alert the village and so he went and alerted the village and so within just a few minutes there's literally hundreds of people like came running toward their position where they were at you know with with guns shooting at them they had to call in a helicopter to come pick them up and they luckily they all made it out alive but it was a really 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 bad situation and it's it's because of that i guess it goes back to the point that i was making about the taking the the ethical stand um it's it's really difficult to do that and that's that's why war is so horrible i feel like there's you know you you either you're on one side where you you have to be willing to do whatever it takes um, or you have to take a stand of, you know, having certain boundaries that you won't cross or certain lines that you won't cross. And if you do, it can put you at a uh, strategic disadvantage, but either way, there are, there's always going to be nations, people that have no problem doing whatever they have to do. And, and unfortunately this is what seems to be happening in Ukraine right now with, with the Russian invasion. And it's, yeah, it's really tragic. It's horrible. I know we're all, especially, you know, us here in the United States, we're seeing this happen and we're like, holy cow, like, this is so awful. What's going, you know, what can we do? And it, uh, yeah, it can be overwhelming. You know, we're coming out of the, coming out of a two year pandemic too. You know, we're all, you know, we've all been stressed out for the past two years with the COVID pandemic. And just as soon as the COVID pandemic starts wearing down a little bit, man, bam, we've, you know, we're being bombarded in the news with this, you know, this war that's going on of uh, Russia invading Ukraine. And, you know, all these innocent people are being bombed and shot and killed. And so it's just uh, it's a horrible, horrible thing all around. Um, well, here's my other side to it. Here's my other side to it. Now. What's that? Uh, Ukraine has allies. And the U.S. standpoint is we're going to attack their um, their infrastructure. We're going to go after the the restaurants. Um, uh, we're going to you know take down like uh, the, the the trade stuff, no sanctions and all this. And then mm -hmm. other countries are saying, well, we're not we're not going to get involved here. But uh, Russia is saying, well, if you guys uh, give them the planes and that's involvement and 
You got NATO and all these other things. <clears throat> to me, that's the other side of the humanity side to it. I feel like, okay, well, if we are allies, and I understand the agreement, I understand that the Geneva, I understand NATO and everything else, that there are certain things that constitutes acts of war, and then there are mm-hmm. other things that just makes a person a war criminal. I understand that, you know, technically, I guess he hadn't crossed the line of declaring war, uh, despite all the stuff he's done. But yeah, I think I think this is officially in Russia still just considered a military exercise. Yeah, which is crazy to even think that this is a military thought where you know you are bombing. Yeah, people. like you're yeah, you're literally invading another country and you know, bombing yeah. bombing hospitals and schools and you know, taking over the country by force. And it's just it's not a war though. It's just a it's just a military exercise. <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. It's crazy that this kind of stuff is still happening. But I do feel like now this may this probably where we're gonna have a difference. I feel like just like Russia can say, "Hey, this is a military exercise." I feel like all the other allies with Ukraine, they can say, "Hey, we're doing a military exercise too," you know, and go <laughs> over there and basically help Ukraine. This is just a military exercise. We're just flying our planes, you know, over here and. Uh, we happen to drop a missile or two, and it hits Russia tank. Hey, sorry, Russia, military exercise. You know, Poland had the planes. I guess they, I don't know how they got Russian planes. I don't know if they confiscated them. I don't know if it was an agreement. But I did, I think I heard the news the other day where they did uh, release the plane from Ukraine. And my thing is on, on some of this, and I'm probably jumping right here because now I'm, now I'm in, in my thing now. <laughs> <laughs> My thing is, and I'll let you respond to the thing. Maybe you, you can right. respond to all that. Pre- preach it, preach, um, brother Antonio. <laughs> <laughs> let it fly. <laughs> How do you have a leader, Ukraine? They have their president, or what, what have you. How do you not strengthen? You know how you not take the last twenty years? I guess they said about twenty years, something. I guess that they've had, you know, the, the peace or whatever it is between the two. There's nothing really been happening. How do you not strengthen your military any? <laughs> uh, that's the part that gets me. How do you not strengthen anything? How do you not have the, the thing to say, we're going to build a military some kind of way? It seems like the military just waiting for things to happen versus him responding to things that are happening. I know Ken sent me a text message saying that, that uh, we kind of lost each other again. So I don't know if it's, I don't know what's happening. I don't know why we keep dropping out of the of the recording. Be right back. Brother Antonio, and you, you <laughs> chuckled and then went, and that was all I heard. I don't know why we're dropping in and out like that. But uh, what I was going to say on this point, why the president, uh, Ukraine haven't taken the opportunity to strengthen the military any. Why are they still doing with old my landmines from Russia? Why they don't have any planes in their own country? All the planes in Poland. Why are the citizens taking up arms and having to defend? Good question. No- I don't know. I'm not a I'm not a military strategist. Uh, 
strategist, strategist, strategist. Um, but it, it's it's a it's a complex situation. I definitely, yeah, I'm not any kind of military expert, so I'm not going to claim to have any kind of military expertise in in this area. Um, it's just uh, kind of for me, it's more from the 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 social work and humanitarian perspective of uh, the, the the horrible things that are happening right now to innocent people. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's a horrible situation all around. Um, and there, there's no easy answers to this. Um, no, I, I know you've, uh, you've made some good points, but, um, but it all yeah. goes toward the humanitarian. I mean, it all goes toward the same thing I started with saying the humanitarian side to it, not talking about what, why the invasion happened, but, the president not arming the military properly. So that to me, you're not arming your military properly goes to you not defending mm-hmm. your country. You know, I, I feel safe in the U.S. in knowing that we do have bases here that are Air Force, Army, uh, Navy, National Guard, all those places. And they're all over the place. No matter where you go in, whatever state yeah. you're going to, you see them everywhere. So I feel safe that if something happens, okay, we can have a response. And we can respond relatively quickly with a few thousand troops. Yes. Yeah, we definitely yeah, we have a strong military, which which is part of what affords us the the privilege we have of living in, you know, the peace that we have. So I feel comfortable in that. So how did the people of Ukraine feel comfortable? And you're looking at your military and they're not equipped. What was he saying to the people? I feel like that's on one side of the humanitarian effort. The other side to it is like the the global side to it would be that if I'm in NATO, there's no way that I that I'm in that I'm in one of those those meetings, no matter what I'm an ambassador to, that I'm gonna say, hey, let's not help this country with some form of military assistance. It's yeah. one to drop some he goes some rocket launchers, he goes some ammunition. Here are a few tanks. It's another thing to drop in the knowledge because it all goes toward the humanitarian. I mean, you got the president, he was on there pleading for help. You mean to tell mm-hmm. me that, oh, man, you know, man, we got this Geneva thing, man, you know, can't go against Geneva. I'm like, <laughs> you know, I'm like come on, you got to be like, okay, hey, look, you mean to tell me they wrote Geneva. And they got all this stuff for NATO. All these people getting these huge salaries. And you mean to tell me they never wrote a loophole in there nowhere? They know yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. I, hopefully, if, if somebody's listening to this right now and they have an answer to that, maybe they can enlighten us a little bit. Because, yeah, I, I have no idea. Um, all, all I know is that, like, we're in a very precarious situation right now because if we, if we intervene too much it you know russia could perceive that as a direct attack on them by the united states and that would essentially be world war three and at this point with the weapons that we have today i don't think that's nobody wants that nobody wants that situation so we have to i don't have to try to find the best path and i don't uh my gosh i don't i definitely don't envy you know, Biden or anyone else in, you know, positions of authority right now, because there's really no easy answers to this. There's no, there's no easy solution. There's no, okay, this is the right answer. And this is the wrong answer. It's kind of a, kind of a no win situation in a lot of ways. You're right. 
it's, I mean, it's a bad situation for every ally. Well, Ukraine is basically an ally of the U.S., but but every person that Ukraine or every country that is connected to Ukraine, the leaders of those countries are saying, we have to sit idly by and watch you guys get destroyed by Russia. My thing is, <laughs> how can they say, okay, well, there's, Russia has allies as well. Mm-hmm. So, and they're bound by the same conflict, you know, with Geneva and NATO. So Russia just wake up and say, okay, where the hell with all that, man? We're going into Ukraine. But why does everybody else got to say, well, no, nah, we're going to sit back here and watch see how, how bad you do first. Yeah. We're going to wait till you cross the line to a war deal. I'm like, we. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's uh, it's it's rough. It's it's not because, I mean, yeah, it could be argued that if if we had a different administration or someone that handled the situation differently, this it might not have come to this. But we don't know that for sure, and we don't know at this point. Like, I don't know. It almost to me, it feels like. If, if you've got a large family, say you're, you're out and you've got you and your wife and you've got, say you've got six kids and like something, somebody comes along this, this giant gang, you know, I don't know, like I'm just kind of making this up off the top of my head as I go, like a situation where like a, a street gang or some like mob is going to attack one of your children. And you know, if you let it happen, then they'll attack the one child and leave the rest of you alone. But, you know, if you intervene, then they're going to attack every one of you. And there's a good chance every single one of you are going to die. You know, it's kind of a it's kind of a no win situation because, you know, you have to, you know, I get for me, if I think of myself in that situation, I feel like I have an obligation to to protect my family. So if I take action, then I will endanger my wife and, and my kids. But on the other hand, I can't stand by and just watch one of my children being attacked. So it's I don't know. It's. It's like one of those huge, like philosophical, ethical questions or something. It's almost like the trolley problem or something at this point. And so I don't, I don't claim to know what the right answer is at all. I don't. I, I just, it's, it's horrible all around. It's a, it's a terrible, terrible situation. I do, I do feel like we should stand with Ukraine, and uh, I do highly recommend giving to any charities if you because there's not a lot we can do here right now. You know, I've, I've seen stories of people like traveling, you know, just over there to fight in the, with the Ukrainian army and stuff. And that's, you know, if some people are able and willing to do that, Hey, more power to them. But, uh, for most of us, that's, that's not an option. Um, so I definitely recommend looking up some charity. There's lots of charities right now, just, and I don't, I don't even know which ones are the best. Um, I don't know which ones to recommend, but I highly recommend just kind of looking up, finding some charities, you know, whatever you feel like would be the best one. To uh, to try to get some help to the Ukrainian people and donate. Yeah, I think that's about, about the best thing now for the humanitarian effort goes. You know, so it's basically just to uh, uh, some kind of way uh, monetary. They, I give enough monetary things come through. I, I I don't know they possibly could uh, help with the re the rebuilding uh, of some portions of and things of that nature. You know, so. Uh, I don't- but um, you did allude to something that um, that uh, as far as the, the 
the governments and, and things are concerned with, you know, with the uh, the way they look at it, like, <clears throat> if I do something, then they're going to attack the rest of the country. And nobody wants another war. Uh, war is taxing on society. Um, not just a country that is uh, that they're trying to go up against, but also the countries that are helping because ultimately mm-hmm. you draw resources and and uh, away from one area to divert to another area, you know. So, and then that does have an effect, you know, on all parts of humanity at that point because it's not just one country; it's several countries having to to divert resources to help do or uh, undo a certain thing, you know. And I do know a part, I think it's a part of Geneva where, where you are in these countries and you're fighting these wars. If you are part of the conflict, then you have to help rebuild uh, the country. And mm-hmm. uh, so that's another thing that, you know, I, I could, I guess, you know, that comes into, comes into uh, a, a play when you're talking about trying to be a part of something, but I don't know. Like I said, just from the humanitarian effort, the side to it, um, like, do we really have to just stand by, you know, and be like, okay, we're going to have to wait to see what a person does in order to say, let's help. So, uh, yeah, well, at what point do you intervene? Yeah, like we we have been, we have been intervening. I think you mentioned a while ago in uh in small ways. Like we have been getting you know small arms and things to to the Ukrainian people, but we haven't we haven't intervened on any kind of a large scale uh, military wise at this point yet because I feel like the 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 U.S. government is trying to walk that line between trying to help Ukraine as much as they can without without starting an all-out war between all the world superpowers at this point. Yeah, and we have China, too. Like That's another thing to take into consideration, that China, if, if China gets involved in this, they're, it's more than likely they're going to be siding with Russia. And if we had Russia and China together, yeah. that would be, oh, my gosh, I can't even imagine. That, that would be an unstoppable force there. That would be something that uh, I don't even want to imagine. Well, I thought, uh, isn't Japan an ally of Russia as well? Or is Japan one of our allies? No, I think I think Japan is more our ally. Yeah, we've we've been we've been really close allies ever since the last World War. Um, like you know, part of the conditions of surrender for Japan was that you know they abolished their military and let us protect them. And like so, I think, and I could be wrong. I think Japan does have their own military again now, but for a long time. Like we were the, you know, we had sworn to protect Japan and we had sworn to be their military force as, uh, you know, part of the conditions of their surrender at the, the last world war. And so, yeah, we, yeah, we're, we've got lots of like, we've, we've, yeah, we're, I know economically and, and in, in many ways, you know, the, the U S and Japan are really tied closely together at this point. So um, it's uh yeah, I don't know. It's, you know, like I said, I'm not, I never claimed to be a military strategist. So I, I don't know what would be the, the right answer in here, but um, it's like I keep saying, it's a complex situation. 
Well, definitely that. But like I said, you know, just even with Japan, even if with if Japan was on our side, we've got Europe and everything. Just you know the the might of Russia, China, and the other countries, you know, the Middle Eastern countries that align with them. Like that's terrifying to me. And they, they don't have the same ethical um, limitations that I would say the West does at this point. Like we feel an ethical obligation to try to minimize harm to, you know, non-combatant civilians and things like that. They don't have that problem. Um, We've ran into that when we were fighting in the Middle East before, you know, all these different, the, the radical Islamic groups that we've been fighting over the years, you know, they have they have absolutely no problem with, you know, they've actually made a practice of uh, hiding in hospitals and things like that because they don't care about innocent people. They don't care about their own people dying. You know, they just they they have it in their mind. That they're going to win. If they're fighting somebody, they're going to do whatever it takes to win. And so they know that it puts us at a disadvantage because they know that if they all hole up in a children's hospital, we're the U.S. is not going to bomb a children's hospital because we don't do that. So because of our ethics, you know, we, it kind of puts us at that disadvantage and, and they know that. And so you've got all of these countries that, that don't have those same ethical limitations that we do and um, makes for a bad, bad situation, man. You're right. Makes for an awful situation. That's why I say, you know, the, do we, as a, as a political leader, you know, leader of a country, Going through war, do we have to take into account of the human toll or sacrifices that would be made for a war to or a conflict to actually take? You know, as a political leader, do I have to take in consideration of any of that? You know, and and I, I think that's the the question. I think that every country should ask themselves. There are no there are no areas yes. in the world where they say, hey. Here's the here's the place where we're gonna have a war. But hey, if you guys wanna have war, this is where we have it at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's not how it works. Yeah, you know, so, <laughs> it's just, it's just the world collectively comes together and uh <laughs> clears out a spot, you know, like okay, this is where all the wars are gonna be right here. This is the yeah, war this, field. Oh my gosh. This is where it's gonna happen, you know. So yeah, if, all, yeah, if only if only things were that uh, that easy. Um, You're right, but I say you know, moving around people, man. You know, I can imagine what a person would go through. You know, during that time, you know, basically your whole world comes to a stop. Oh yeah, you know everything. The whole world, you know, ain't nobody going to work Monday morning. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is a, a situation that I think is just unimaginable for most Americans. Like, I, I can't imagine it. I can't imagine, like, you know, the whole COVID pandemic was the most insane thing for most Americans. You know, it was just crazy to, oh, oh we're working from home? What the, what in the world? This is strange. The, the, the grocery store is out of toilet paper, you know? <laughs> which I mean, not to minimize anything about the COVID pandemic, but I'm just saying it's, oh my gosh, that was horrible for us. And I can't even imagine the magnitude of what the Ukrainian people are suffering through right now at, at this moment. It's just, it's like I said, it's unimaginable for most Americans. I feel like it's, I can't even imagine how horrible it must be. And, uh, 
You know, it's not not a whole lot we can do about it right now. It's crazy, man. It's just craziness. I don't know. Like it's been on. When I see it all the time, I I have to turn the television, man. Sometimes I just don't want to see it no more because I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah. I just I know. I'm the same way. Yeah. I'm the same way, and I, I want to. I would like to say for anybody who is listening to this podcast right now, if you have any strong opinions, or if you if you feel like you know something that we don't, or you feel like you could correct us in any way, man, let us know. Speak up. Um, it's it like it's funny to me that I usually, I, you know, I'm usually the person that has a strong opinion. You know, I seem I've always got a strong opinion on everything, but uh, in this situation, you know, I find myself just at a loss because it's it's such a just a horrible, absolutely horrible, horrible situation that there's no easy answers to. There's no easy solutions, and uh, so yeah, just all we can do is is try to wrap our brains around this situation and try to imagine what we can do. Um. Obviously, there is, you know, if you look at a from a social work perspective on a macro level, you know, there there are things that, that can be done to try to avoid future situations like this. But, you know, when it comes down to it, you know, when you've got actors like Russia out there that, that don't honor treaties and and don't have the same ethical limitations in times of war that we do, then it uh, kind of blows all those efforts out you know all the efforts that people have made to try to create peace just kind of go out the window when something like this happens yep just out the window man out the window brother i don't know like i said i don't know what the answers to like you said there are no real short answers to the to this conversation but i do believe like on every level these conversations need to be taking place um with world leaders uh, coming down from world leaders to military leaders uh, and, you know, to these people who strategize about how to get what they want to get from the country um, uh, through NATO and everything else. I do believe these conversations need to be had. I'm pretty sure on some level that yeah. they have these conversations. I don't think they have the conversations enough. There are always an office some type of way you know, you got the World Health Organization. That's all social work type driven type stuff. You know, mm-hmm. uh, we, we do have the CDC here, which is kind of like our World Health Organization type thing. Mm-hmm. So there are things put in place. You have the UN. You know, there are things, humanitarian type areas in these world leaders or in these organizations like NATO and everything else that they have put into place. Uh, for the humanitarian effort, but that's after the fallout. Yeah, you know that's that's afterwards. What is going beforehand? You know what is happening uh, 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 preventively to say this shouldn't this shouldn't happen like this. You know why isn't these conversations taking place way before someone has to drive a tank through your neighborhood? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I I kind of. I kind of feel like the conversations maybe are being had, but the situation is when you've got, like I said a minute ago, when you've got a, a country like Russia that decides that they, they, they'd have no desire to honor agreements, you know, peace agreements or anything like that, then it, it, it really kind of puts everybody else at a disadvantage. And I want to say, I want to say right now that the, the thing, 
I think it, just like a lot of things in, in American society today and in the world, we're actually making great progress. I mean, the, th- the fact is right now, we are living in the most, pe- without question, by a long shot, we are living in the most peaceful time in all of human history. There's never, ever been a time in human civilization that has been as peaceful. It, it, it might not seem like it, but the thing is for gosh, I don't even know, hundreds of thousands of years, if not longer, the, the, the norm has been for, for nations, for group, different groups of people to, to war against each other. You know, war was a constant, you know, there, if you read through, through the, the Bible and even in the Quran, there's, you know, the mentions of like seasons of war, you know, where it's like every year we go to war. This is what we do at this time of the year. We, we do this and we do that. And war was a common, just common part of life for most humans for most of human history and we've finally got to a point where war is the exception rather than the rule um but it's still not gone completely and uh, i feel like so i feel like we we should recognize that we are making as a as a race a human as the human race as as you know the the human family the human community we we're making great great progress but there's still Still a ways to go. There's still a lot of work to do. And, you know, like I keep saying, I don't know what the answer is at this point. I don't know what it's going to take to uh, to make that the progress we need to to eliminate the, the chances of situations happening like we're looking at right now with uh, Russia and Ukraine. But something's got to be done. Well, I don't know. I'm not going to get back into it. Um, <laughs> I think we've raised some good <laughs> questions here. I think, uh, like I said, I, 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 I would, I would like to close with, like I said, with, with just asking, like, if you are listening to us right now, what do you think? Do you, I mean, I, I'm really, I'm genuinely curious to hear other people's perspectives on this. Um, if you have a strong opinion uh, about what you feel like should be done or what would be the, the correct course of action for the United States or for American citizens, you know, as far as the government, citizens, anything um, for NATO, let us know. You know, I really, I really would like to hear other people's perspectives on this because this is one of those rare occasions, like I said, where I just, I'm totally at a loss. It's just a, it's a hard situation all around. I can speculate as far as what, you know, if this had happened or if this person had done this differently or whatever, then, you know, but ultimately I don't know. Well, this is what we'll do. Like I said, we'll close uh, with this right here. Um, this conversation, not the whole entire conversation, we'll put on TikTok. And uh, if you follow the podcast, then um, I'm going to follow the TikTok. Uh, the TikTok is still Classroom 21. Uh, just look for the logo. Um, the, and you can catch us with the conversation. We'll be posted uh, probably on tomorrow. But um uh, look for the TikTok. If you don't want to find it on TikTok, you can always email us at classroom21 uh, at Gmail, and the classroom has two M's on it. So that's classroom21 at Gmail uh, with, with two M's. If um, if you want to uh, catch us on Facebook, there's a Facebook page, uh, classroom21 again on Facebook, uh, and also uh, to reiterate, classroom21 on TikTok. Um, you can catch us on any one of those platforms, and also you can catch us on Anchor. You can also leave a message on the Anchor app. Um, and wow, I mean, we got a lot of social media so far. 
Yeah, oh, we we are, we're branching out, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah let us let us know how you if if you're here now. Let us know if uh, if you listen to the podcast first, or if you came to the podcast from from TikTok or Facebook or you know other social media. You know, just let us know. Yeah, definitely. We're curious to know uh, where people are hearing about it first. Yeah, but we'll put the conversation up and. Uh... Uh, we also have a we also have a little uh, brief so we do put on TikTok as well as the conversations on on the podcast. So uh, come and let us know where you hear from. If you want to add to it, add. Uh, but we will have everything posted up, uh, so you will be able to uh, to follow along the conversation. And if we have have to have a part two, then we hope you be a part of the conversation. If not, then we'll address any questions we get or any statements that are made. Uh, that are concerning statements. I'm pretty sure a lot of people have statements, oh, yeah. uh, but we want to anything that is a concerning statement that we can actually elaborate on. Then we again we're talking about the humanitarian effort out of Ukraine and Russian conflict. We're not talking about why Russia invaded Ukraine. We're not talking about the why they did it. We're talking about the humanitarian side to it, uh, the humanitarian side to the children's hospital humanitarian side to why the president of Ukraine his military properly uh, to protect the country, uh, why the humanitarian effort of uh, of the of the world organization such as NATO and uh, Geneva and the other areas and the, and the, uh, the sanctions, why we don't have enough conversations for us that governs the humanitarian side to any war or conflict. So that's what we're talking about. Yeah. And I would hope the end result of that would be to come to an understanding of what we can do to try to help the people of Ukraine right now and what we can do to try to avoid things like this happening in the future. Yes, you know, so, and we welcome any comments that do expand on the areas that we did talk about, of course, the World Health Organization, as far as CDC, uh, as far as the UN, uh, other areas that do react globally. We're talking about not necessarily reaction, but we want to talk about preventive measures as well. So uh, anything mm-hmm. you add to the by all means, you know, one of those areas of social media, you can find us. That's right. Let us know. Hit us up. All right, man. Well, Ken, unless you got something else, my man. No, I think that's a good place to wrap it up right there. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. So hopefully we won't have any technical difficulties next time we come out. But in the meantime, you know, be good to each other. That's right. right. See y'all, see y'all in the classroom. <laughs> <laughs>